Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and this episode is going to be a super fun episode. Now we're not talking to a kids ministry expert and we're not talking to a kids ministry staff member at a local church context. We're talking to Sarah and Morgan, two out of the three people a part of Whitco Creative who design church environments. We met back when I posted a space tour back in 2022 and everyone was asking me questions on where to get certain signage. And I just said, I don't know, the team at Whitco created it. They came up with this incredible design of interchangeable signage, which we'll talk about later. And it just kind of went wild. People were in love with their design elements. And so we are excited to share some more space tours with them in the next couple of months. But I thought it would be the perfect time to have them join us on the podcast to just talk about more about the history behind Whitco Creative, why environments are important, what their process is like. And then I asked the question, what are some evergreen products that would work in every ministry and every environment and kids ministry space? And they share some incredible resources from paint colors to rugs to where to get certain things. And so we've listed all the links in the show notes. So as you are listening and you're like, what was that pink color? Where did they say to get that certain rug or couch or chair? Everything's in the show notes so that you have access to all these fun links. So if you are in the redesign, renovating, building, just improving process for your, for your kids ministry or student ministry environment, this episode is going to be so, so, so helpful. But before we jump into my conversation with Sarah and Morgan, I would love to share with you that our spring cohort registrations are now open. If you are wanting to jump into one of the kids ministry or student ministry or next gen leader cohorts, now is the time to sign up. We are excited about this nine weeks of group coaching or what I like to call a virtual table for kids ministry leaders to build communities, share ideas, gain a new perspective, grow in their leadership gifting and feel less alone in ministry. We have three different cohorts to be a part of, our kids ministry cohort, our student ministry cohort, and then our brand new next gen leader cohort. So if you are leading both kids and family ministry, this cohort was designed just for you. And so we've got so many ways to be a part of these cohorts this season that I hope you'd join us. If you want to learn more and register, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash spring cohort to register today. Now onto my conversation with Morgan and Sarah. Morgan and Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited that you guys are here. Um, But why don't you first let the listeners kind of put a name to a voice. So Morgan, why don't you just quickly introduce yourself and tell us what, maybe like if you have a title or what your job is, and then we'll dive into all the fun things after you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah. uh, My name is Morgan and um, I guess my title is environments. Um, we all, we all kind of do a lot together. So, um, but technically my title is environments. So yeah. Great. Okay. Sarah, what about you? I'm Sarah and my title, we're both co-founders of Whitco. Um, and I work on the design side of things, graphic design. Great. That's so exciting. And yes, we have two out of the three team members from Whitco Creative joining us on the podcast today. If you have been following Kids Ministry Circle, you've seen a lot of their work on our space tour videos. And we did a space tour video, it was probably a year and a, a year ago, a year and a half ago. And it, but before we were even friends, I don't think we, we even didn't even know each other. Uh-uh. And I did a space tour of one of your environments, one of your spaces that you guys had just redone. And it kind of went crazy. It blew up. Everybody had questions. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know the answers. I did not, I did not design this space. And so I just sent everybody to you. And this has been such a fun friendship that has been able to kind of be formed between Kids Ministry Circle and Whitco. And we've got lots of fun new videos coming out. 
over the next couple weeks that I'm so excited for you guys to be able to see more of their environments that they've done. And so I really wanted them to jump on the podcast because we see so many questions from kids ministry leaders on how to update their spaces. Leaders with small budgets, leaders with big budgets, leaders who are renovating spaces, leaders who are building from the ground up. There's so many unique opportunities that ministry leaders have to kind of improve their environments or build new environments. And so I wanted these ladies to join us on the podcast just to talk about maybe some tips and tricks and some things that they've learned and how to partner with a design team like Whitco. And so, but first I want you guys to kind of give us a little backstory. How did Whitco Creative come to be? What's the story on why you guys wanted to start this company, how you guys have built this company, um, and just kind of the story of how you guys came to be. Yeah, um, I can answer that. Um, so there are three uh, founding members of Whitco. So uh, me, Sarah, and Megan. Um, and we all have backgrounds in doing something else, but uh, Sarah and I specifically have a background um in graphic design. That's what we both went to school for. And, um, and then we met working in ministry. Um, Megan, our third partner has a background in project management. Um, and so, um, her and I met after college and became friends. And then Sarah and I met when we, uh, worked together in ministry. Um, and we worked for a big mega church, um, doing graphic design and launching campuses, doing um, new campus build-outs and everything from series graphics to apparel to, you know, designing buildings. And um, we both ended up going our separate ways um, from ministry and then reconnected and just decided that we love doing design better together. <laughs> and uh, Megan was eager to get involved in, in this like budding business. Um, she's always kind of wanted to work with the creative side of things. And so it just felt like a natural connection for us all um, to build something together. Um, and we felt like we had a lot to offer um, when it came to environmental design and branding and bringing those things together to serve small businesses and ministries. Um, and yeah, we just were excited to like get our feet wet outside of the, this one church that we had worked in. So, yeah. That's awesome. And you guys do more than just churches. That's Correct. right. Yes. Uh huh. So we work with schools as well, and we've done some branding projects for other small businesses, hotels, real estate. Um, we hope one day to kind of get into the hospitality industry and work in restaurants and um, hotels. So that would be fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Any space that like really values like an experiential environment is something that we're excited to work on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a great kind of lead into like my big kind of first question. And many kids ministry leaders might be asking the same question of why do environments matter in the church world? We can also, we can often kind of find this tension of we're a church, we're a nonprofit. The money is not overflowing Right. We should be using our finances to serve the people, but we also want to have a great space. We want to have a welcoming space. And so for you guys who work in this world of creating an experience of, out of the space and the environment, why do you think it matters? Yeah, it's a great question because it is, um, it is an investment of time and energy and resources, especially And different churches have different budgets. But at the end of the day, what we've encountered with clients and client projects is that when you create an intentional space um, and you put a lot of love into it, it doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be over the top. But if it's done well, it really communicates that intentionality of service to others, um, just in how you feel and interact with the environment around you. Mm -hmm. So if things are clear to read and see um, directionally inside of a lobby, 
you know, that's helping whoever's walking through your door to feel like they know where they're going or how to ask uh, for what they need. If there's comfortable furniture for them to sit um, and meet with others, meet new people, meet with their pastor, then that just creates another form of invitation for people to sit and gather. Um, When we talk about children's spaces, when the flow for check-in feels intentional and exciting, when the kid space itself feels really engaging to those kids and families, you're basically telling the people attending your church, like, we care about you. Um, Mm. And it, it was worth our time and energy to make this space feel like another place that you want to be a part of. Um, It can also really give staff and volunteers something to be proud of, to really feel bought in and excited um, Mm -hmm. to interact with new folks, returning folks, their congregation. So we've just seen a lot of really positive feedback when you put a lot of heart and soul into your environment. And that doesn't mean it has to be the most expensive renovation But if it's done well and you're focusing on those aspects that are really important to your church, your values, then it it does subconsciously communicate those things to folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like how you, what you just said at the end of subconsciously communicates. And I think a lot of environments do that. They subconsciously communicate something And I think kind of going back to the conversation around kids' spaces and the idea that creating a great space that is really helpful and useful and practical can really help volunteers feel like they belong in that space and that they can do the best job they can because if they don't know where to find the crayons or if the chairs are too big for the kids and you're just using whatever you have and it makes the kids uncomfortable and it just is a distraction and all of these things can really impact kind of how your Sunday morning program runs. And so I think that is so important to think about. And I love Sarah, how you mentioned a couple times of like, it doesn't have to be the most expensive. It doesn't have to be the most grandiose renovation Um, And so I think that's just really helpful to think about and give people just the pride of like, oh, no, we love our space. We value our space. I mean, I remember working at a church who didn't have the budget for a design team like Whitco and didn't have someone on staff who was creatively minded in the sense of environments like you guys are. And so I remember I painted a wall. I think I've told you guys the story where I did the brick like design on a wall, like all by myself. It took me like two months (laughs) to do it, but it's like, I wanted the space to feel like it, the kids belonged there and I want it to be fun and inviting and like a wow factor for them to walk in and be like, Oh, this is a kid's classroom. So I think that's great. I love that. Yes, absolutely. And it really does. It can, environments spans anything from your paint palette and your flooring to the signage on the walls, any sort of scripture. Um, It could be something really exciting and intricately custom built uh, specifically for kids. But then what you're saying, if it's well organized and not sparse, but clear of clutter, um, easy to use, super functional. If there's music playing or it smells really fresh and clean, like all of those things can add to the experience that you have. Just the Mm -hmm. same way that you walk into a coffee shop and it it has that vibe and feeling and aesthetic. um, And they can differ across the board with how sparse they might feel or like super cozy and and over the top you can do the exact same thing with a church space depending on what your personality is as a church Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting that kind of makes me think about how you walk into some churches and it's very traditional like it's not 
you, some churches and you've, this is kind of been an example on some of the YouTube videos that we've done that are Whitco creative where it is like you renovate a big Walmart or you're like taking over a, like, I don't know what I don't, I can't think of anything. I'm like thinking an of like Asian a shipping... grocery store. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and and it's like concrete, it's concrete floors yeah. and, and it just is a very different feel. But then even looking at pictures of the Catholic school that you guys are working on and it just has a different right. vibe because the, the, they want the feeling to be different. And I think whether you, I mean, I remember working for, I was working at a church and one of their buildings was the oldest Jewish synagogue in all of Denver. And now it's like now being used for an evangelical church, but the building is old and the right. same vibe that you would put into a warehouse type church would not match this yeah. building because it's very deep wood and the carpets are dark and the kids space was in the basement and it was very dark just in nature because there wasn't a lot of windows. And, yeah. and so it's interesting how the different kind of environments play into maybe what the church is about and what the church values. And if the church values music or all of these different elements to a church, I think that really plays into kind of your design process. And we'll get to kind of what your process looks like later in the conversation. Um, but my first question for you and we're going to do a lot of these kind of fun game questions because you guys are really smart and come up with a lot of great <laughs> ideas. But for those listeners who have a small budget yeah. and they're like, I don't have a lot of budget money, but I want to make an improvement. What do you recommend? Like what's the most bang for your buck when it comes to design? Like what, if you had a small budget and you maybe had money to do one or two things, what would you recommend? What would you start with? Would be like, okay, do this. And then it's like a long, there's longevity to that. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So my thought for this would be, um, choose the most visible location in your kid's space. Um, so whether that's like your check-in lobby, um, that's, that was what came to mind for me would be like a check-in lobby, um, or like a primary entry point to your kid's space. And choose that most focal wall and put your resources there. So set your color palette there with whether you're doing uh -huh. like a paint treatment on the wall, which can um, be as simple as one accent color or layering some accent colors. And then this is where you put the dollars towards some kind of dimensional logo sign um, and maybe some cool accent lighting, but this is, if you think about your first time guest, this is their first impression of you and your yeah. space. Um, and it just makes people feel like, oh, this is legit when they're first, mm -hmm. the first thing they see, um, is something that was really, um, intentionally thought through, um, yeah. and looks well done. That focal wall then sets the tone for the rest of your space. It is your paint palette, you know? So as mm -hmm. you get more funds, <laughs> um, you get to keep painting classrooms with some of those accent colors. Um, you get to add additional dimensional signage in other focal spots um, throughout your space. You know, maybe the kind of accent lighting you want to use because you used it all in this one space. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that is a great place to start. Um, and working with a local signage company to create like a dimensional logo, if it's one for one wall, it is achievable and it looks expensive, yeah. but it doesn't have to break the bank. Um, and so that would be my recommendation. Something with a little mm -hmm. bit of dimension, some accent lighting and some great paint can go a long way to make something feel special. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I would say, um, just to piggyback off of that, paint in general can go a really long way. Um, and not necessarily, you know, 20 different colors. If you have a nice, tight little paint palette um, with it, mostly neutrals even, because mm -hmm. I think with kids, um, especially, we tend to think like, let's splash a bunch of colors on the wall 
bring right. a ton of energy into the space. And while there's nothing wrong with it, um, it just is hard for that to last a really long time without it getting old or maybe tired. So having some really great neutral colors, just like in your home, when you get a fresh coat of paint on the walls, it just kind of helps you mm -hmm. see the space in a fresh way. Um, and then like Morgan's saying, using those accent colors as a way to pull focus to different parts of the space in concentrated areas really does go a long way and lasts you a lot longer um, yeah. in the long run. So you're hopefully not spending that same money as often um, mm -hmm. in repainting or reimagining the space. Yeah, yeah. that's and so smart. Yeah, oh, go we, ahead. we would probably also suggest like avoid avoid spending your money on things that might feel like the trendy thing at the moment. You know, um, like okay, we, what's an what's an example yeah, of a we, trendy thing? We all see things at like Target or Hobby Lobby that were like, oh, that's so fun! I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's a timestamp on that thing, you know, and like right. in six months or a year. It doesn't feel as on trend anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 you want to think about the things you put in the space need to feel timeless. Um, they need to feel targeted towards your demographic. And, um, and you want them to feel like representative of your church and its brand, not representative of one person's individual preferences. You know? Ooh, that's really yes. important. Yeah. So, you know, some of us might lean towards made, like yeah. shabby chic and some of us might lean really modern. Um, but thinking like, what does our church brand lean towards? Like, is it like mm. an industrial masculine kind of clean modern vibe? Or yeah. do we have like more of a, a rustic homey feel? When you're making selections for your space, when it comes to finishes and accessories, those things should echo the like brand feel of your church, not of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's so good. I probably have made that mistake over the years. Um, okay. What is it? What isn't a good example of a trendy item that you've seen in churches? I'm trying to think of one, yeah. but well, I'm sure you guys can think of one. Yeah. I feel like Hobby Lobby has lots of those like metal signs that say like believe okay. or yep. hope or those kinds of yeah. things. Um, and like the, I feel like the wood palettes were really trendy for yes. a long time. Mm -hmm. That yeah. was very trendy. Yeah. And, you know, there is a place for all of those things, but <laughs> it may or may not be you, in your church if that doesn't reflect like the sensibility of your brand. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about that, I think is, is a good thing. And then we always say like, avoid the clutter. There's something right. to be said for coming into a space that feels clean and organized and doesn't mm -hmm. have like a lot of knickknacks everywhere. One, it's way easier to clean. Um, and two, it doesn't add to what can feel sometimes like chaos when there's a lot of kids in a room yeah. and there's a lot of toys. Right. Um, keeping things clean and simple, closed storage, um, everything has a place kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, is a great way to make a space feel intentional, even on a small budget. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. You talked about something a while ago and I want to talk about it because one question I see a lot on like the kids ministry, Facebook pages is like, do you have someone who can print signage? Like, do you have a signage person? And every part of me wants to just be like, you have one. It's like down the street from you. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what do you want people to look for when they're looking for a local signage company? Mm -hmm. What questions should they be asking? What should they be looking for? How do you trust mm -hmm. a signage company to be high quality, but also not like run you out of all your budget money? Like just how do yeah. you find a good and trustworthy signage company? Yeah. Looking at their reviews online is always going to be a great first step. And, mm -hmm. um, I don't know that this is always the case, but I feel like a good starting point is like those national brands. So even though we work on massive projects, we work like, um, we work with someone who is like a franchise owner of a fast signs in Denver. Um, oh, yeah. it's not like a right. mega shop. 
it's not like those big warehouses that produce like graphics for football stadiums and whatnot. Right. It's like a husband and wife who own a local franchise yeah. and they really care about the product um, and they give great customer service and we just keep going back to them because mm-hmm. they care about our project. Um, and I think yeah. that's the most important thing. So it doesn't have to be a fancy swaky shop. It has to be someone who you feel like you connect with and they understand your vision and they can do a good job. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Fast Signs is the company we work with and they um, are a national brand. Um, but we also have like mom and pop shops that we work with that are one-off shops and mm-hmm. they just really care. Um, yeah. So finding someone that you feel like you can connect with face to face when you go in there and they make you feel seen and heard. I think they are going to be the type of people that give you the end product you want. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it doesn't, I think there is an intimidation factor (laughs) when it comes to signage that can be easily broken down. If you go in and have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's also a lot of online places that you can find Uh, But it's hard to know what to look for online until you've had some of those preliminary conversations in person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say when you're buying things online, you can get a good price on things that are that can roll up and ship in a tube. So like vinyl banners and posters and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But things that are substantial, like rigid signage, like standoff signs or dimensional signs, like things that stick off the wall and have some substance Mm -hmm. to them. You want those produced locally by someone who can then help you install them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So I I like the idea of being able to go in and like talk to somebody because I I can't tell you how many times they've like asked me a question of like, what material do you want this on? I'm like, uh, what are my options? (laughs) What would you suggest? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. What, what should I put it on? Yeah. I think if you're willing to ask a lot of questions, um, about, yeah, what, what's the price difference? What's the durability? Um, where have you used this before? Do you have photos of that? Could you show it to me? Cause they're business owners. They want, they want to work, um, with more clients. And so a lot of times it's just a matter of being brave enough to ask those questions at the same time. The beautiful thing about churches is that they are just a giant network of people who have other yeah. lives. So Um, if you have struck out, it might be worth just putting the question out to your congregation or your volunteers. They might know someone, they might own a business themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, not that you like have to work with someone within the church, but that's always a great place. If you're just not sure to ask around and see if anyone else has worked with someone they care about. And then the only other thing that came to mind, um, is that a lot of businesses will sponsor schools too. Um, And so literally they'll have a lot of the sponsorships will be a signage company who's printing the banners, you know, at your local high school baseball thing. So it's always worth just seeing who's local. Um, Yeah. And if they're willing to work with a school, I think that's a, a similar sometimes, especially with small churches, budget level. And so that could be a a great place to start. Yeah. Lauren, one of the things you asked was like, what are the right questions to ask? Um, Mm -hmm. Some things I would say would be asking like, are you a large format printer? So some printers can only print up to a certain size and you want to know those limitations before you start with them. Um, Yeah. Like, um, and oftentimes they'll have partners with, like a third party who will print oversized stuff for them. But you just want to know that going in because it mm-hmm. will often affect the cost and the turnaround time. Um, another thing we ask is like, do you have a flatbed printer? Cause that means that they can print direct to really large substrates, like four by eight sheets of something, you know? So if you're looking for like a big dimensional wall thing, you want to know that. Um, and then like, do you have a router cutter on site? I know that sounds kind of like a, a weird thing to ask, but when you're doing like dimensional signage, you know, if you want your logo Uh cut out of like half inch PVC, 
you want to know, can they produce that there? Um, So if you're wanting to get kind of like nitty gritty with some of those questions, those are some things that will kind of help you understand what their capabilities are and what things that they would utilize a third party for. Mm -hmm. That's so smart. That's so smart. Good questions. Good questions. (laughs) Okay. My next fun question is, are there, if there's any evergreen products that can really work for any environment. So like if, if there's a rug that you guys love that are like, (laughs) we've put this in every space that we've used, or if there's a paint color that tends to go well, and I know we've talked a lot about color palette and how you want to follow your church color palette. Um, if you guys have a favorite white paint color, like things like that, (laughs) Like things like that, that can really kind of work. Cause I mean, for me, and I think a lot of kids ministries may, kids ministry leaders may relate to me of just like, I don't have the eye for that kind of stuff. I walk into a Home Depot or Sherwin Williams and I get so overwhelmed because I can't pick the right paint color. I mean, our house right now is, is white because we just, uh, it stresses us out to pick the paint color and we just don't have the eye for that kind of stuff. And, and so what would be your like, this is a great evergreen product that can really do well in any sort of space. And we can think more specifically to like a kid's space than yeah. like a, maybe a lobby or an office space. Um, but think about those kids spaces. Well, you mentioned paint color and there's immediately <laughs> like a handful of paint <laughs> colors that Sarah and I like pull from all the time. Um, and so I'll just list a few of those out. Yeah, the top of my and we'll head. list and we'll list everything, everything that you are saying right now. We will list in the show notes, <laughs> okay, so people, great. if they're like driving, they don't have to like find a pin somewhere. Yeah. We'll list everything in the show notes. Okay, so good off whites, and I will always recommend using an off white opposed to a stark white in any space. Okay. You want something that has a little bit of warmth to it. It doesn't mean yellow; like it doesn't have to look like creamer, you know. Um, <laughs> But something with a little bit of warmth will help your space not feel sterile. So like if you're still wanting a really light white, Sarah and I love crushed ice and soji white. Both of those are Sherwin-Williams colors. They have a little bit of warmth to them. You can still put white signage on top of them and you get a little bit of contrast. Um, But those are like nice, bright, warm white colors. Um, a color we have used on almost every project <laughs> is iron ore. It's a soft black and it is the yummiest, coziest black color. <laughs> um, and black kind of, I think when you think of painting a wall black, it can sound kind of like depressing. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not, if it has some good accent lighting or some signage, it can make a room pop and feel cozy. Um, so those are some of our immediate favorites. That's awesome. Um, and like I said, we have used those colors on almost every project, um, we've done, there's always a place for them. (laughs) Um, as far as, uh, rugs, you mentioned rugs. Is there a rug that we've used on a lot of projects? That is funny because there is one rug that always kind of floats to the top and it's by West Elm and it's called the Kolka rug. And it has off-white and tan and black and a little bit of metallic. And it just seems to go with everything. Um, Nice. And that's maybe not as much for like a young kid's space. But in a Mm -hmm. lobby or in a youth room, it looks great with everything. It's a really great neutral, but it has pattern. Um, But for kids' rooms, like if you're looking to infuse a little bit of color because you do have a really neutral palette, um, adding some carpet tiles is a great way to do that. And okay, where do we get carpet tiles? So we love a company called floor F L O R. I've used them before. They're great. Yeah. They used to have a Denver store. Yeah, they did. And it closed. That was so sad. (laughs) Yeah. But they do, um, they do fun, like little four foot rounds that are great for kids spaces that come in all sorts of fun accent colors as well as like good patterned. So you can create area rugs at any size and you can order extras mm-hmm. so that if a kid spills something on them, you can swap them yep. out. Um, yeah. So those are a, a go-to. We use them a lot um, and they can just infuse a lot of fun and personality into a space. 
Um, floor cushions um, are like another great thing for kids' spaces, um, especially if you're on a tighter budget and you're working with a younger age group, it's hard to get kids to sit still. And so putting them in a chair is not always, you know, yeah. the best solution. And the floor cushions, that's a place where you can have color. Um, you can stack them up and put them in the corner when you're not using them. Um, and they're low cost. So uh, mm-hmm. that would be something. Um, those Ikea cube shelves, we've, we've yeah. all seen them. They come yep. in a variety of sizes. The ca- isn't it Calyx? Calyx, K- yeah. L-A-X. Yes. Um, I feel like there's nothing revolutionary about them except they work well. They're timeless. Yeah. You can use them for storage. You can use them as a room divider. You can use them as a credenza. Um, they just serve so many different functions. And mm-hmm. they come in a variety of colors and sizes. And there's, you know, a lot of ripoffs of that same concept that you can find yeah. through Amazon and whatnot. And yep. I think that those just have longevity because you can do so much with them. You know, the same piece yeah. you can turn horizontal or do it vertical. And yeah. Um, so I feel like that one is is not revolutionary, but it's a good standard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did. We used those for our check-in counters one time because we oh, were a, yeah. like a set up and tear down church, yeah. and we you have you can put wheels on them on like the totally. little square ones. Yes, uh-huh. totally. So we just wheeled it in, and we put with the little doors on them, mm-hmm. and so it, like it hid all the wires. Yeah, it was a like, great idea. Perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. And then okay, last two things would go back to carpet. Mm-hmm. Area rugs, so two good recommendations for area rugs. Um, if you're going for, like, older kid rooms, youth spaces, I would recommend um, Urban Outfitters. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that they sell furniture and, like, homeware stuff, but they have, like, a whole apartment section of their website. And they have, like, just fun kind of funky options that are great for that, like, fourth and fifth grade age group all the way through like youth and young adults. Um, And then world market. They are great when it comes to prices for area rugs and they have such a great variety. So many wonderful neutrals. Um, So yeah. That was a lot of suggestions for you. (laughs) Yes. Sarah, are there any evergreen products that come to your mind? Oh gosh. Not specific ones. I, I tend to go broad strokes, but, um, I think we were kind of, we were talking through this, uh, before the recording, just thinking like you can go, um, I'm going to start over. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, it's really important to think about when you're thinking of specific products, and kids, just how things are going to wear. So it's really tempting to go cheap for everything because then you can get more. Mm -hmm. Um, But we would definitely say quality over quantity for where it counts. So any sort of seating and tables, things that are going to get moved around and sat on constantly, um, school outfitters or other wholesale companies Mm -hmm. that sell to schools, those products are made to last and be wiped down with high powered cleaners and get moved around and all of that jazz. But you know, a rug makes a lot of sense because rugs in general are going to get kind of gross over the years. And in Mm -hmm. the grand scheme, those aren't as expensive of things to replace as you need them to um, be replaced. So it's just a matter of kind of splurging on some things, saving on others, um, and then how you use the space and how your kids and volunteers use the space is going to probably impact your decision on what products to use. So even though Ikea has really inexpensive things that look good, um, if if kids are rough on your furniture and objects, it might not last as long, but we've also been in church spaces where they just have taken really excellent care of their items and Ikea stuff has lasted five plus years. 
mm-hmm. the nice thing about it is that if it does get damaged, typically they have the same product that they've yeah. had for the last 15 years. So it's easy to replace. So that's also something to keep in mind is if you're shopping around and it's this really unique thing, just know that if you go to replace it, it may not be available anymore. Um, yeah. So it's, I know that's not super specific on the exact product, but it is kind of good to keep in mind, especially if you're talking about maybe you're phasing out a project and needing mm-hmm. to do one classroom at a time pick yeah. that product line that you know is going to be there for the next three years as you get the budget that's for it. Yeah. That's well, so smart. The other thing that I'll add to that would be, uh, we talked about this a little bit um, already, but interchangeable signage. So yes, mm-hmm. um, we have found that a lot of churches really gravitate towards the idea of interchangeable signage, especially when it comes mm-hmm. into their kids' spaces you're a growing church and you have a lot of kids and young families, um, you know that from one weekend to the next, your classroom sizes can fluctuate so much and you mm-hmm. need even in between services to be able to change um, what kids go where and, oh, we're going to close this mm-hmm. classroom or we're going to add another one. Um, and so interchangeable signage doesn't have to be an expensive solution. It just has to be a smart one. Um, yeah. And so that's something that your local sign shop can help you with. Amazon has some great solutions. They tend to look a little bit more corporate. Um, but there's, there's some inexpensive ways to do interchangeable signage, um, that I think you'll see on some of our, um, our site tours, uh, that, that don't have to be expensive. You know, we're talking about like Mm -hmm. a, a a PVC sign, uh, that's just like a plastic rigid material with vinyl letters on it, hanging with leather straps on a rod, um, Mm -hmm. over the doors and it just looks well done. Um, but it's lightweight and easy to pull one off and slide another one on in between services. Um, or, or something next to the door that you can slide something in it, in and out of. Um, if it's something like that, though, where you have, where you're sliding paper in, I would just say make sure you have like a printer with nice paper that's set for mm-hmm. that purpose and like a template, yeah, so that you don't have someone like randomly entering Comic Sans on your sign, um, where all the other signs are in like Gotham black, you know, you want it to look consistent and intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, so having a template for something like that, where you're changing things on the fly would help make an inexpensive solution still look intentional. Yep. And so much of those signage people can prepare for. Yeah. So things like classroom closed or, like all of those kinds of things that most kids ministry leaders know may be coming or like even um, like for at our church, there's a portion of the morning where the big kids go to the gym and mm. they spend the last 15 minutes in the gym. And so the sign on the door is parents, please pick your kids up at the gym. And it's not some like handwritten thing. Like they prepared <laughs> the sign, they've printed it. It has the branding logo. It's got all the things It matches all the other signs And I think that is important to think about. And I'd love, I mean, I'll link, I will link all the videos to where you can see some of the interchangeable signage, but that was one of the videos that just went crazy because people didn't even know that it existed because I love when signage is high, everyone can see it, nobody's blocking it. And the fact that you can change it is just like the cherry on top because it's just like the thought of like, getting a drill and screwing out the side. It just, it it makes life so much easier. And so I think that is such a great like tip and trick on, and then that also brings color to your hallway of just adding in some signage that's up high that adds some color. It's just one of my favorite things. I love it so much. (laughs) And the way that you guys have done all your interchangeable signs is just so great. I'm such a big fan. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, talking about Whitco creative in itself, what does Whitco bring to a church that is hard to create by them, like by ourselves? Like what are some things that 
why would a church and maybe Whitco is not the right fit for everybody, but it's like, why would a church want to partner with a design company in the first place? Maybe like it just all, all of those things talk us through like, why, why should people either work with Whitco and reach out to you guys and connect with you guys, or maybe see what else is out there? What's the importance of it? What does it bring to the table? How can it help in a redesign or a design process? Yeah. So I will try to explain this without jumping around too much, but I think at the end of the day, working with someone who can get to know you, but is not down in the weeds with you is so useful because our job is to kind of see the forest through the trees. We want to make sure that your goals are met um, in a broad way and a functional Mm -hmm. specific way, if that makes sense. Sometimes when you're too close to the project, you're focusing on like the small details. um, And it's not that those don't matter, but creating a systematic approach to your space makes it feel cohesive is a really great way to invest time and resources um, because it'll last a bit longer. You're not trying Mm -hmm. to like ad hoc take care of problems as they arise. We're working on a solution that feels like it's going to really stand the test of time and allow space to grow or change flexibility, things like that. So a lot of, maybe I'll explain our process um, with a potential client, but we love to start the design process with just like an initial engagement sort of package where we get to know someone, um, we get to know a church, we get all of the stakeholders in one room, we have a big questionnaire that we send out just to kind of get at the ethos of who you are, um, what you're about, what you're hoping to accomplish with your church goals or your ministry goals, your budget, of course, that's a huge mm-hmm. um, part of this process. And then your design aesthetic and what pr- what problems are we trying to solve through design for you? So by the end of that little process, we are presenting mood boards and trying to nail down kind of like a a little roadmap to your design. Uh, We don't have anything super specific just yet, but we kind of have an idea for the theme. If there is a theme, we have an idea for what your focal areas might be, what areas of emphasis um, you want to create in your space. And so at that point, if we feel like it's a good fit with a client, we move on to the design phase. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. But what we can offer that might be harder to do on your own is just the expertise of materials, contractors, mm-hmm. um, customization, things that maybe you've never seen before or heard of, Um all with the idea of making a space functional, engaging, and fun for kids and volunteers. So a great example of something like that might be um, classroom entrances. Like that's always a a point of contact for everyone that's Mm -hmm. involved in children's ministry. And that can look different for different churches, but a lot of folks want something that has a space for art projects and crafts. Um, like how are you getting kids in the door, handing them off to parents? So there's probably some kind of craft involved. If you're in a cold weather or a wet, rainy city, you have coats and potentially boots, who knows? So you want a place to dump your stuff. Um, you might need a messaging board if there are just like quick notes for parents or on the inside of the class for volunteers. Mm -hmm. So we love to come up with Sometimes it's a prefabricated option that you can get off of Amazon or Wayfair, but we love to then make that a design element in the space. And it can be something customized that feels super highly functional specifically to your space. Um, Another great example is the check-in area because every space looks different. Those lobby areas can be separate from the main church experience or they could be a part of it. And so 
we get to put our creative problem solving to good work in determining, you know, what height and what kinds of mounting stations and how are things powered and how are we lighting this? What does the signage look like? And yes, absolutely. There are folks out there that can do that for their church and they have really great, amazing ideas and follow through. But the truth is that you might have that other thing going on called your job. And yes, <laughs> you might just be overwhelmed by the thought of on top of your week in and week out responsibilities, then having mm-hmm. to create this potentially like big change in your lobby that might be expensive. Um, you have to nail down all the details. It could take a few weeks to take something down, patch the wall, paint it, get something yep. coordinated for install. So I think we just love to come in um, to those projects and offer not only our expertise, but hopefully alleviate that stress um, and drill down into uh, yeah, the why behind the what for folks and make it come to life. Yeah. That That's was a awesome. long explanation. Sorry. Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I will say, and this is something in our storyline student space tour that just blew my mind is you guys were able to take what you did in kids and match it for students, but elevate it in a way that then applies to students. And you were like, this is the feel that we did in kids. And now we get to do that same feel and connect the dots between fifth grade and sixth grade and a kid's space and a student space, but you're using a different color palette and maybe like a cooler vibe. I don't know. Like it, yeah. the words, you know, the words, but just you guys are able to see the whole picture instead of, well, me, a kid's person is going to design a kid's space and there over there, the student's person is going to design a student space. Yes. But when you bring on someone like Whitco, you can really connect the two and then connect it to the lobby and connect it to the worship center and just really draw a line connecting to every space so that it does feel like you're walking from a living room to a dining room to a, like, yeah. it's just one yeah. big space instead of disconnected spaces. So I, th- I think that's so spot on and talk, we mentioned this earlier. Yeah. One person's taste does not necessarily translate to your entire church, creating yeah. an environment for your entire church. So yeah, having a third party designer um, who can weed through all of the personal preferences and really drill down into who you are, what you're about, what you need and give you a solution that maybe you wouldn't have come to on your own is so invaluable. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, as we kind of wrap up this episode, I would love to know, we typically always ask the question, if you were talking to someone brand new in ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? But for you guys, I want to ask the question, if you were talking to someone who is just starting this process. Maybe they're, they just bought a new building or they just got a budget approved. This is, this episode will come out at the beginning of the year. So maybe they just got budget approved to do a renovation or they're adding on to their building. There's so many different options here, but someone who's just beginning in the design process or the redesign process, what would be your words of encouragement or advice other than hire Whitco? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the first place to start is getting buy-in from leadership. You know, you want to make sure that your vision for the space is aligned with the leadership of your church and that they are bought in. Um, Because um, in order to kind of tackle a lot in your space, you're going to need their support. Um, And you want to make sure that your vision aligns with their broad vision for the church. Again, we're like coming under the umbrella of the greater church's brand. And so we want to make sure um, vision wise that aligns look wise that aligns and that this is a united effort, not just one ministry doing something on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have found the most success in our projects when 
vision is united with leadership from the top and leadership is like, yes, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Let's put resources behind this because we believe in the long-term impact that these changes can have. Um, so I would say that that is far and above like our, our number one mm-hmm. piece of advice. That's yeah. awesome. And then second would be tackle the bones first. I know it's not, it's not exciting. <laughs> That's not the sexy answer, but a room with fresh, clean carpet and fresh, clean yeah. paint feels so much more welcoming and like a safe space for me to drop off my kids yeah. than one where someone spent a lot of time and energy on wall graphics, but the carpet is really disgusting and the ceiling tiles have like big water stains yeah. on them. So, right. Um, and you can always build on good bones, but it's heartbreaking mm. for us when people put um, their hard-earned resources into aesthetic things um, that then get ruined because the ceiling was leaking or they had to pull up the carpet and then the walls got scratched and that beautiful yeah. mural. Or they pulled up the carpet and there was asbestos. That was me. Yeah. That happened to me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that's rough. We love we love old buildings. Yeah, we right. <laughs> so I know that's hard with people who have old buildings to hear that because you just kind of want to put a little lipstick on it. But I'd say save up those resources and put them towards mm. the bones first. Yeah, that's so wise. That's so good, Sarah. Any last minute words of advice or wisdom? Um, I think we just also would say if you are in a position where you get to launch a campus or maybe you're building a building or beginning a renovation, um, the way that you're potentially going to work with an architect or a contractor right at the start of the process, if you can work with a designer at the same Mm -hmm. time. Um, We've been brought into projects where a lot of those plans are well underway and What we can offer, um, Morgan and I talk about this a lot, just because we have a background in ministry, we're able to specifically talk about the flow of a space, the use and function of a space. Um, A lot of times we'll get to that point where the architect might not have as intimate of a knowledge of how a church works. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe they just placed a bathroom in kind of a funky position. We come in and say, well, wouldn't you want it in this classroom or near this place or family and handicap friendly? And then you're talking about change orders or delays Mm -hmm. in the process. So um, if possible, we just say get started as early as you can with a designer to set the tone um, for for your space, the way that a contractor is going to do the work early on to get the budget put together. Um, Mm -hmm. and the, the architect's going to make sure that it can be built. So yeah, yeah, that would be my advice. That's so great. So many good things to learn and to know as people kind of maybe or jump into this process or even like, I just think so much of what you guys said is like, put this in your back pocket. Cause you may experience something like this. Like you may move jobs and they want you to open up a new building or like, you just don't know what's coming down the line in 2024. And so I just think this episode has been so helpful for people to think about who are in that season now, but also who are maybe months away or an unknown amount of time away from experiencing the reno process. And so I'm just so grateful for you guys. We will link, like I said, we will link all the things in the show notes videos to watch, uh, ways to get in touch with Morgan and Sarah and Megan and more things to see and all the pink colors that they mentioned and all the fun things to, to see and learn about. And we're just so grateful for you guys. And I know that a lot of church leaders are so grateful for you and your giftings and your eye for a lot of great things. And it's just a joy to watch you guys. And then hopefully just see more and more churches be impacted by your guys' gifting. So, so grateful. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you so much, Lauren. That means a lot coming from you. And we're grateful to be a part of this podcast and, and partner with you because it, we know it touches a lot of folks nationwide, which is so amazing. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. 
Friends, that conversation was so fun. Morgan and Sarah are definitely some of my favorite people, and I hope that they are your new favorite people and you are able to kind of hear their heart and glean some of their wisdom in improving environments. I honestly wish I had them in my back pocket 10 years ago when I was working on renovating a space. And so I just hope that um, they were helpful for you. And just a reminder, everything that I was talked about is in the show notes. So if you wanna go back and find their evergreen paint color to paint on your walls this weekend, it's all there so you can go back and do some research and learn more about the things that they recommended and if you want to learn more about Wicco, if you are in the process of redesigning or renovating or rebuilding and want a company like them to come alongside you as you create some really sweet environments for your kids and families and adults i cannot recommend them enough they are incredible and the process is incredible and i would highly highly recommend the team at Wicco to help you do that and help you create some incredible environments for people to get to know and learn more about Jesus. So all of that's in the show notes. Just a reminder, our spring cohort registrations are live. If you want to keep this conversation going and keep asking questions, we are excited to kind of release some more space tours in the coming months with our friends from Whitco. And so there's lots of space to ask questions and get to know them and learn more tips and tricks on environments. And so you can head over to Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle to keep the conversation going and learn more. And as always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.